This is the WTRE Podcast with your hosts, Realtors, Aaron and Melody. Welcome to Real Estate. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Real Estate. This is Aaron. And this week on the show, we have my friend and my insurance partner, Alex Barrera with Goosehead Insurance here with us. And we talk a little bit today about um, homeowners insurance. We talk a lot about flood insurance. And he gives some tips that uh, realtors need to know about getting their clients homeowners insurance. Hope you enjoy. All right. So one of the things that we talk about um, for new realtors is kind of building that network and building that community around yourself. I think that if you want to be an expert, if you really want to give your guests, or, I'm sorry, if you really want to give your clients the best service, I come from the hospitality industry, so <laughs> I always say guests. But uh, if you want to give your clients the best service, you kind of have to have go-to people that you trust and that you know uh, that are going to take care of them the same way that you take care of them. And, um, you know, that goes everything from who you choose at the title company to work with to inspectors to lenders, you name it. And a big part of that is also insurance. And uh, that's why Alex is here today. Alex is my insurance guy. Uh, he's with Goosehead Insurance. And uh, a lot of benefits that we can talk about by going with a broker like Goosehead as opposed to going with just a single agent with one uh, company, but um, tell me what you do. So yeah, that is that is me. I am Alex, your insurance partner. It is uh, it's always an honor when when someone is willing to trust trust their clients with uh, trust me with their clients because I know I don't take it lightly to have have that that trust put in me. Um, but but yeah, one of the the big benefits you know with what I do is is I'm an independent agent, so I represent over 20 carriers here in uh, in the state of Texas. And the way I describe it to my clients is that. Basically, instead of working for one company trying to make my product fit for you, I'm working with you and working with my clients to find the product that best fits them. Um, because I don't, there's no, there's no reason that one one company, or, you know, is going to be a favorite on my end over another. Because we know all the companies we work with are they're vetted, accredited, they're going to take care of clients. So it really comes down to who's giving you the, the best option for your house. You know, that comes down to both rate and coverage, of course. You know, so we want to make sure we look at all the options and present the best one to them. But we do that work for them rather than having to call 20 people to get 20 quotes. They call me and I, I do 20 quotes for them and then show the best the best few options, let them know what, what's available to them. Exactly. And I mean, not to, to bash somebody like a, a state farm or a farmer's, but you call state farm, you get state farm's rates and that's it. And when you go with you, like you said, 20 plus A plus rated companies. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, it's... Uh, saved me money personally, you know, in addition to the money that it saved my clients, I I'm guilty of being lazy um, <laughs> with not shopping insurance rates. And, and I went years and years without even thinking about it. It's one of those things that I, you know, I should think about and I don't. And uh, I let it kind of go. And there was a point that I had been sending, um, you know, clients over to you and you'd been saving them money and getting them great rates. And then I kind of it sunk in what I was paying and I went, man, I, why don't I send him my personal stuff too and just see what <laughs> what you can do? And it ended up saving me, I think almost $3,000 a year. So I was definitely overpaying. When I, I remember I was going to ask you about that recently too. I remember your, your, your previous agent kind of tried to scare you out of, out of getting additional quotes. And I, I found that interesting because it was, I mean, you, I mean, you shared that with me. I didn't, I didn't go digging for that. They, right. they basically tried to deter you from even talking to me yeah it kind of bullied me into staying really yeah 
No, that wasn't going to work. And I mean, have you, I'll ask you here. First of all, I'll ask you, I'll ask you publicly, have you had any, have any issues? Have you had any no, issues? Course. Right. No, everything's been great. Yeah, everything's I mean, been great. I haven't filed a claim, but everything's been great. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm sure it will be, even if I do have to file a claim. Yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll be there to, to help you out and get you taken care of. Definitely. So, you know, a big topic that's, that's very personal to me, you know, we're sitting in my, my home studio today as we record this. And, you know, after Harvey, we had, almost 40 inches of water in my house. It was 39 and a half, 39 and three quarters, something like that. It's a lot of water. It's a lot of water. So where we were sitting, we had 40 inches and those 40 inches of water sat in here. You know, it was probably 10 days before we were able to come back to the house. Mm. Um, But uh, I don't live in a floodplain and my mortgage doesn't require uh, flood insurance. And 90% of my neighborhood did not have flood insurance. But for some reason, we always did. Mm-hmm. And I, the reason that we did is because it's $450 a year for a whole lot of peace of mind. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Melanie and I had through the years talked about it. And there had been times and it's like, do we need this? Why do we have this? And then you see some of the other floods, you know, here in Houston, we saw that tax day flood, that Memorial Day flood, those floods that kept happening. And they weren't near us because we don't live in a flood plain. Right. Right. Um, but we always just kind of were, eh, just, it's just peace of mind. Spend the 450, do it. It's peace of mind. And it's just good to have. Yeah. And having that going through Harvey, it, it made what could have been just complete devastation um, it made it kind of an inconvenience and, um, it's that simple, you know? Yeah. Which is the, the entire point of, of insurance in general, yeah. right? So turn those situations like that into an inconvenience, obviously having to repair your home and be out of the home and, and, and wait for repairs. It's in, it's inconvenient, but on the, on the flip side, it's, it's a much better alternative to what could have been. You know, we've lived in this neighborhood for, it'll be 19 years next week. We've had this house for 19 years. So we've been here for a very long time. We have a lot of friends. And a lot of those friends, a lot of those neighbors that we have lost everything. Yeah, I mean, we lost everything as far as, you know, material stuff. But we bounced back. We recovered in no time. We got a great contractor. We really had a great adjuster with, you know, our insurance company. Mm-hmm. Somehow we, we were very fortunate with the adjuster that we got. Really knowledgeable. Had worked a lot of big hurricanes. Had been doing it for a very long time. And he knew the business, and he took great care of us, and we really, really, we did fine. We did great. Um, you know, we bounced right back, and we had good contractors, and we were back in, I think it was right at five months. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here now. It's almost a year and a half out. Yeah, yeah. And there are people that aren't back yet. No, nope, there's still houses that... My my church is uh, partnered with a, a, a nonprofit charity that's been going around doing doing work and remodels and rehabs for for houses. They're they're still there. They're still going out on weekends. They're still going out during the week. They're still they're still helping people. I mean, then they're still doing some tear outs in some situations. Wow. Tear out. I mean, it, yeah. It's if you well, we we're just looking up the numbers, right? Yeah. I, I heard um I heard Jeff Jeff Lindner speak and and he said that the average payout to a, a homeowner that did not have flood insurance dur- during Harvey during that time period. Was less than ten thousand dollars. It averaged between like seven or eight thousand for uh, for payout, and be, you know because FEMA was there to help with other things, not necessarily fix your house. They're there to help you pay for for 
accommodations, pay for food, pay for gas, whatever that you need to do to, to stay on your feet. The average payout for a homeowner that had flood insurance was over a hundred thousand dollars. I'm thinking average like a hundred and ten or hundred and twenty thousand dollars for for fixing somebody's house. Mine, um, mine was actually closer to two hundred twenty five thousand dollars. And so you said you've been. We'll just say you've been in the house twenty years. Mm-hmm. So twenty years, you paid five hundred bucks a month. So five hundred bucks a year. Yeah, year Four fifty a year. Yeah. Yeah. Five hundred bucks yeah. a year will round up over twenty years. So you you've spent ten thousand yeah. dollars in twenty years on flood insurance. Right. One incident. And two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar return on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now so, you could have you could have kept ten thousand in your pocket over twenty years, and you probably wouldn't even notice it. Right? Probably be an extra couple of trips to to the store to you know to go watch a Texans game or, or the Rockets right. something like that. And, right. And then what would you do when when the flood happened? Well, I think you could ask all my neighbors that because that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. And um, man, you know, I'm, the first things that we heard, you know, now that I've been through this, I hopefully this won't ever happen again, but. Because again, we still don't live in a flood. Plain. Right. You know the reason that our neighborhood flooded, and there's a big lawsuit about it right now uh, that people can look into, and is that um, they're saying that the Army Corps of Engineers mismanaged um, when and how they opened the reservoir, um, and the reservoir is what typically would protect us. Mm-hmm. And so we're on the the back side of the reservoir. And they waited too long before they opened the floodgates, kind of, right. you know, which I understand why they did that as well, because that was holding off flooding into the city, you know, going towards downtown and everything in between. So, I, you know, I understand why they did it, but it they didn't do it well. And, um, you know, I think that some of my neighbors are hoping to recoup something from that lawsuit, but... Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. There are no promises and may or may not, but well, that's, that's, that's tough too. Right. Because right. So you're on the, on the back end. So on this side of things, they're saying that they waited too long to let water out. And that's why this neighborhood flooded. Right. On the other side, right. They're saying the exact opposite. They let water out. Right. And it flooded us. And they're suing as well. And they're suing as well. Right. So then I mean, there's, there's, there's really no, it's 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 a natural disaster. It, it's it, an act of God. We can't control it. We can we can try to prevent it. We can try to prepare for it. We can try to build and 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 plan. At the end of the day, we're everyone's human, right? And the the the, the men making decisions on whether or not to release water, hold water. It's it's just it's decisions. They made them in the moment based on the information they had, and and it is what it is. Well, yeah, and at the end of the day, no one's ever seen this much water. Yeah come down at one time in that short of a period of time? Was it 60 inches of water? Oh, it's just outrageous amounts of water. Yeah, I think 60 inches in in a 12-hour period or 24-hour period. I mean, just insane amounts of water. I mean, that's... That was that was another thing that 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 Jeff Lindner spoke about was the the cause of flooding. What is actually flooding, right? Is it is it reservoirs filling? And he said the big thing is just that drainage is not intended to move that much water. Right. The drainage here in Houston and neighborhoods just is not intended to move that much water that quickly. So that's why you had houses that would flood and the next day the water is gone. Right. Because it wasn't anything that was holding the water necessarily in to that neighborhood or the house. It just it could not move out fast yeah. enough. It's falling too fast to, to keep going. So it so the house is flooded and the water's gone the next day. It's like nothing happened except everybody's house is damaged. Right. Severely damaged. Yeah. So yeah, and and I one thing I'll, I'll touch on that you said is, you know, Harvey happened, and I think people are starting to almost forget as people are moving into new houses or new areas or they're like, oh, well, this house didn't flood during Harvey. Harvey was a, a terrible, you know, disaster. Nothing will be like that again. So it didn't flood during Harvey. I'm fine. Right. But then we have, like, you know, right, 
Memorial Day flood, right. tax day. I mean, July 4th of this year, this past year, the places were flooded. It was just, a, it was a rainstorm. Right. And we had flooding. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, as anytime construction happens, rain falls in a different place, it accumulates a different way. You have a drain that gets clogged up, a pump that fails. You just never, you just never know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so getting back to real estate, explain to me so that we can better explain to our clients how it works when someone is purchasing a home and there's a storm in the Gulf. With relation to just, just like with the insurance they're going to need for the house. Yeah. So what happens is, is that the insurance companies basically have the, have the, the, the right, I guess the ability when there's storms in the Gulf of Mexico related, related specifically to home insurance, they can, they can shut down new business. Right. Because home insurance, what happens is between the difference between home insurance and flood insurance is flood insurance either has a, a standard waiting period of 30 days or has to be with the purchase of a new home. There's no waiting period on that effective date. Right. Home insurance, you know, that that can take effect any day you pick. You pick a day and you, you buy it and it's effective. So the way they, they, they limit that is that when there is a storm, they, they shut down new business because they can't they can't write a policy effective the day a hurricane's gonna hit. It wouldn't make finance it wouldn't make sense. It doesn't make right. business sense, right? Because right. that's that house might be gone. Right. So so what happens when there's storms coming, I, I always I warn, you know, my, my realtor partners, lender partners, like, hey, there's you know, we're in hurricane season, or they're, they're thinking about storms coming, they're thinking about this developing into a tropical storm, whatever it may be. We gotta get these policies written now because yeah. we might be shut down. And once we're shut down, we don't know how long it's gonna be for. Like for Harvey, we were shut down probably about a week before Harvey. They didn't open back up until two weeks after Harvey. Wow. Because it took too long to assess the the damage. It, you know, they didn't know what was going on, so they just they shut down. They're yeah. just not running business. Yeah. So one thing that I had heard at some point is that when you have buyers and once you sign the contract at that point, you can contact the insurance company and open up, kind of start talking and open, start a, a binder, I guess. Um, and that can prevent some of those things, right? If you're already in talks with the insurance company, you already have that in writing. Uh, prior to closing, because normally it would just be effective when it's closed, right? Right. But if you've already started talking, you already have that binder, even if something like Harvey happens and things shut down, if you already have that, um, that helps, right? Right, because what, what's going to happen is once, this is what I would I always try to try to explain to clients, once you're under contract on a house, you're going to have to have home insurance for that closing to go through. The day you're under contract, we can get your policy set up. Yeah. That day, we can have it, it processed, issued, documents back to your mortgage company. Basically, as as of your closing date, your effective date, you, you're good. You'll, you'll have insurance. We can get it taken care of that day. So what happens is, yes, if we have that policy already written for a home closing, even if a storm develops after that, the policy's already been processed. They don't, they're not retroactive with their their suspensions. They just, they, they you know, they restrict binding as of that time period. So anything that's already been done is done. So what happens in that is, is basically they're using the mortgage as kind of a, a, a check because the mortgage companies have to make sure the house is, is, is not damaged to finalize the home closing. Right. So the insurance company is kind of using that as their, their check, final check. So basically if the home closing goes through, then that means that the mortgage company's already checked on the house. There's no damage. It's fine. So the insurance goes into effect as, as it was planned. Um, obviously, if something did happen to the home, the mortgage company, would, you know, your mortgage wouldn't, your home closing wouldn't go through. Right. The insurance is is basically invalid at that point anyway. You don't have the house. 
But but yeah, I mean, basically, as soon as anyone has a contract on a house, they can call me up and get their insurance done. And nice. it's just off their plate. And the other thing it does, too, is if there's anything that we're going to need additional information on, like maybe maybe it's in a flood zone they didn't know. Maybe there was previous damage to the, the house that they didn't know about. Maybe we need information on repairs or, or previous claims. The, the sooner we get working on that, the better. We don't want to be four days before closing needing home insurance and it's all of a sudden scrambling. we just now find out it's in a flood zone or we right. just found out there was a $200,000 fire claim last month or, you know, right. the sooner we get all that stuff out and, and taken care of, the better. It's done. So back to the flood insurance questions that we have. Everything that we've talked about so far has been this FEMA-backed flood insurance. Mm-hmm. And I think that rates are pretty much standard. If you don't live in a flood zone, we pay four fifty a year or whatever it is. It's it's kind of federally backed. Mm-hmm. Okay. You had told me a little bit once about having private flood insurance. How does that work, and what are the benefits? Yeah, so the the fee and policies have gone up slightly. Okay, but but the the, the legislation they issued last year for twenty nineteen raised the. So I mean, I'm talking about thirty dollars. So like you're. Your your 450 policy for somebody buying a house now would be 480 instead okay. of you know so yeah we're still you know I just say 500 bucks we're just round up and right. call it even but so yeah those are the the national flood insurance program policies they're backed by FEMA backed by the government um, there there's now private flood options so the same way your home insurance is done through a private company a private insurance company there's now companies on the private side offering flood insurance and the the one we work with specifically. I've, I've spoken to them. I've talked to their 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 representatives. They said basically they've they've mirrored the NFIB policies. Okay. The way their claims process is set up, the way their deductible options are set up, the way coverage is set up, they they've mirrored everything that that, that works. They meet the same guidelines for mortgages, things like that. Um, some benefits is that they allow higher coverage amounts. So the. So yeah. So it's um, that FEMA program basically. It the policy has two sides. One is contents, and one is the reconstruction of the home. Uh, the content side maxes out at a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and I think it's two fifty on the construction side. Right. So if you have a home that's worth substantially more than than two fifty, or if the damage from the flood is going to be more than two fifty, you're kind of out of luck when it hits that two fifty. And on on the FEMA's on the NFIP side, you can get excess flood, as it's called, to take you above that two fifty. It, it's usually pretty pricey. Most people that ask for a quote on it don't end up moving forward with it. Right. So on the private flood option, we're able to go all the way up to five hundred thousand. Okay. For insurance on the home and on the contents, I believe we can go to the same amount actually. Um, and deductible, they have a, a a wider deductible range as well. Okay. For those and the other another big bonus. They'll allow you to have replacement cost coverage on your contents on the private flood option. On the the FEMA side, contents are covered at actual cash value, right. which for anybody that doesn't know, basically means they take into account depreciation or, or age for, right. for items whenever they pay your claim out. So you're not going to replace your $1,000 TV with a new $1,000 TV. You're going to replace your five-year-old $1,000 TV with 100 bucks. Yeah, and I'm trying, be. I'm trying to remember what the depreciation schedule is on it because I had to know it very, very well, and that's kind of part of, you know, that claim and i think that they depreciated a certain percent per year mm-hmm. up to five or seven years something like that yeah so those ba- the basically they'll still give you something for right. your item but yeah they they'll, they can take that depreciation up pretty pretty significantly so on the private flood option you can eliminate that and okay. have your contents covered replacing costs the same way it would be on your home itself well and what we found is another the uh, a huge issue with that uh, that insurance is that housing is not there at all there's nothing for housing um, is there any type of a rider, any kind of 
policy that you can buy? Is there anything that you can do to, that would cover housing? You can get the private flood option. Okay. So private flood option is the, you're, you're, you have higher limits available. You have replacement costs on your contents available. You have loss of use or additional living expenses available. They also have a, an additional endorsement available for, for, for pool refilling or emptying and refilling if it's, yeah. if it's damaged during the flood. Um, so you can do those things. Aside from that private flood option on just your standard NFP policy, no, it, the contents and building, that that's it. Yeah. There's no there's no extra checkboxes to click and there's nothing to add. It's just that that is what it is. So what's a cost comparison, basically, if you were to go? If, I mean, if you were to go with the same limits, that same 100, 250, but, and you kept the same deductible, but you added housing or whatever, you know, living expenses to it, how much would that increase the cost roughly? I mean, I know you can't give well, an exact so, number. So, yeah, I can't, I can't give an exact number because actually what, what happens is be, we, flood is so standardized on the FEMA side. It just, you know, we have a little, little table, right? It just it falls in that box. On the private flood option, they treat it just like any other private insurer does. It's, it's, it's rate tables based on, a, you know, who knows how many variables in the back end. So there's no, there's no set amount. You can even have homes in, in low-risk flood zones that that change change pricing you know and then you have homes in, in high-risk flood zones that, that change pricing and then ele- they all actually factor in elevation as well so that drastically changes prices so there's no there's no real gauge um i will say in the low-risk flood zones the fema policy tends to still be lower okay in high-risk flood zones it 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 really depends if the if the private flood option is available or, or is an option in that area they typically come in a little bit lower but because they are private, they have the option of saying this area is too much of a risk. We don't, we're not accepting anything in that area, or this house is just too far below elevation. It, you know, we can't insure it. Whereas the FEMA policies can't can't really deny it. They they're always going to insure a home. Yeah. So when my policy's up in June, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we'll yeah. look at it. We'll look at it and see what we can do. All right. So, um, what's your best piece of advice for realtors when it comes to insurance? My biggest advice would be, obviously, I'm working with uh, mostly people that are buying houses, you know, so I would say the, the biggest the biggest thing I see sometimes is that um, I sometimes see real estate professionals let clients use the home insurance almost as like a, almost as an objection on a house, like, oh, we need to wait before we make an offer. We need to look at five houses and compare quotes on all of them. Right. And I'll, I'll, my biggest advice there, I would say from experience and they're seeing anyone pick their house based on what their home insurance is going to be. Right. If if they're using that as a as a holdup, there's something else. They either haven't found the house they like, there's still something they're concerned about, or they just want to keep looking. The home insurance almost never makes their decision on the home. Right. So my biggest advice there would just be if 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 that's if that's what the client is telling you, is I need to find out what the home insurance is before I decide on this house. There's another reason. There's another reason. Yeah. Keep digging. Yeah. Find out what it really is. Yeah. Either. Husband and wife haven't decided on the area they want to live in. They don't like the kitchen. They want a pool. So there's something there right. that does not come into light yet. Yeah. Because when I have clients call me and they're like, oh, I'm looking at five houses. Give me quotes on all of them. I'm like, well, which one do you actually think you're going to make an offer on? They'll almost always pick one. This right. is the one I'm actually thinking about. Right. There you go. Good advice. So how do people get in touch with you? People can call my office. That number is 281 281- Nine seven two six six zero zero, and people can email me. It's Alex A L E X dot Barrera B A R R E R A at Goosehead dot com, uh, and people can find me on Facebook and Instagram as well. Alex Barrera, and I'll put it in the notes of the uh, show. Perfect. All right, thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me, Aaron.
Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the next episode of the WTRE podcast. And please remember to rate us on iTunes if you like what you heard.